happened. You know, we're, what we're trying to do is, you know, give capacity back to educators, decrease the time that it takes to train complicated things, uh, do it in a safe environment, um, you know, teach critical thinking and decision-making skills uh, at a very complex level. And this technology is wonderful to, to provide that kind of platform. Last month, Apple revealed its Vision Pro goggles, a spatial computing apparatus that could change the world of gaming, entertainment, productivity, and education. Mark and I caught up with Daryl Truesdale from Torch Technologies to learn about how Apple's entry into the world of augmented and virtual reality has set off the starting gun for an innovation revolution that could connect your brain to the world in a way that we haven't seen since we were first introduced to the iPhone 15 years ago. Welcome to What I See, the podcast where we uncover the stories of visionaries, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore the big ideas and challenges shaping our future. And now our hosts, Mark O'Donnell and Lewis Schiff. Hey, Mark O'Donnell from EOS. How are you? I'm doing amazing, Lewis. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've missed you. We had a little hiatus because you and I got a little busy with our own uh, business projects and had to take, take a little time off a couple, three weeks here. We did. We did. I, I missed our times together. Uh, but the good news is I will be joining you in Oxford for Moonshots and Moneymakers. So I'm super looking uh, forward to doing that. Going to Oxford for a week is, is, is just a wonderful experience. I, I had a chance to, um, I just received an honorary doctorate from Ryder University, as you know, as you yeah. pointed out. And I made a speech when I was receiving it, basically about how magical Oxford is. And one of the things I'm proudest of uh, over the last couple of years is creating this bridge between Ryder University and Oxford, where students from Ryder, which are, you know, students from a school, it's a little bit of a hard scrabble school. It's a first in the family to go to college kind of school. Now we have two students a year spending in the entire year, the entire um, year abroad at Oxford. Uh, and the, the only other people doing that are people from the Ivy Leagues who get to go to Oxford. Mm -hmm. So we're very proud of that. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Oxford is such an interesting place. I've spent some time on the campus, really just just visiting and walking around. Unfortunately, this time I, I'm going to be opting out of the thousand year old dorm experience, which maybe I, I would regret. But uh, I'm pretty sure they don't want my entire family with me in the in the dorm. <laughs> I mean, Mark, it says everything we need to know about you. You have gotten to a station in life where, you know, you expect the bathroom to be in the room you're sleeping in. And like, that's just who you are now. Right. And stone floors and, you know, this. maybe I'm missing out. I don't know. <laughs> you definitely are. Hijinks yeah. will ensue. Yeah. Um, but today's conversation starts uh, from, well, something that's been going on for years, of course, which is this kind of very slow introduction of augmented reality, virtual reality into our lives. And from my point of view, I am actually fascinated with it. I am, I do believe I will one day be sitting on a bench in Central Park and I will have goggles on and I will have a 100 inch monitor in front of my face while I'm also enjoying nature. Uh, and I'll be able to see the pretty girls walking by and I'll be able to see the handsome horse carriages, but I'll also be able to work. And I've been waiting for this for a very, very long time to happen because every time I read the reviews of these devices, you hear about things like uh, it's disorienting or, you know, other negatives. Um, so 
just in the past few weeks, we all heard that uh, Apple is getting into the business with its Vision Pro goggles after billions of dollars and something like nearly a decade of development. And Apple is is the most 800-pound gorilla of technology that there ever has been. So what are your thoughts about AR and VR as a topic and just as the normalization of it in our lives? Well, I think starting off with the, the training implications for that. And, and when you think about Apple and what they've done, I mean, they've, they've taken lots of different, very complex things. They put them all together in a simple device uh, of the iPhone, and they really democratized access to really capabilities that before would have cost you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, very difficult to use. And so they've simplified it all down, made it accessible to the mainstream, and they continue to do that. And I think that's that that's really the reason why they're so successful. And then, you know, in the past you had, um, I think there was a Leap uh, device for Magic augmented Leap. reality. Magic Leap, yep. Uh, there, there's all these different devices. They were difficult to use. They never reached mainstream because it was just these very niche um, use cases. But now you have, the, the, I think, the, the inflection point of the pandemic, people being uh, virtual work is still uh, going strong, although maybe diminishing a little bit. But I think they're at this inflection point where they can democratize the and and make use of these this type of spatial computing. People are at home more. There's you know it's it's hard to do that while you're walking on the street in New York, right? I mean, it, you you look silly and you'll probably get run over by a car. Um, <laughs> but if you're you know at your house, I mean, in that's New a Jersey, good way to just sort of clean out the uh, the population in a way, right? Natural selection. I I, I totally get it. <laughs> But so I think the the applications for training. Um, I was talking to someone who uh, trains uh, mechanics at, at Ford, and they're saying, "Hey, uh, it used to take an entire week to train uh, a technician, a mechanic, to rebuild an engine from scratch. But now, with augmented reality, they're able to put the goggles on, see the overlay of the engine with all the instructions and step by step processes." <clears throat> And you can uh, take it apart by lunch, put it back together by quitting time at the end of the day in one day. And so the, 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 the training capabilities of what we can do um, just take a huge leap. So uh, then, you, you know, you, you take and I don't think we fully comprehend that you take the augmented reality along with AI capabilities and what does that do to the, the future? And so I, I think that the future is just super exciting with spatial computing combined with artificial intelligence. Um, I mean, human talk about an exoskeleton for the human race. I think right. uh, we're slowly getting there <laughs> or maybe not too slow. Not too slow because, you know, we've only been doing this for a few months and we've already, mm -hmm. you know, one of our shows was about AI, which of course is the topic mm -hmm. of the year, really. And then the other is uh, this topic. So not yeah. so slow, not so slow. Not so slow at all. Yeah. Well, I'd like to bring on our, our guest today, whose name is Daryl Truesdale. Daryl, why don't you come and join us? Uh, Daryl is the manager of the advanced VizLab lab at Torch Technologies. And he's also the co-founder of a company called Simvana 
a, a VR anesthesia trainer that serves the medical education industry. We'll dig more into those two um, roles of his, but welcome, Daryl, to what I see. Hey, happy to be with you. So that's so. Mark really just hit it on the head. He was talking about the uh, role of uh, AR slash VR in training and how it speeds up the pace and makes people reach a level of expertise much, much faster. Um, so tell us first, what is Torch Technologies and what is Simvana? Because I, I happen to know a little bit about Torch. I know the founder, Bill Rourke, very well. Uh, it's an amazing company, but it's got nothing to do with the medical world, to my knowledge. Yes, uh, so Torch is a, a, a mid-tier uh, Department of Defense contractor. Um, we specialize in doing uh, primarily research and development for the Department of Defense, um, Army, Navy, Air Force. We're headquartered in Huntsville. Um, we're about 1,500 employees. Um, about about three quarters of those are in Huntsville, but uh, the rest are, are in strategic locations across the U.S. Uh, it, uh, you know, supporting Army, Navy, and Air Force. Um, Tell us about Simvana. Yeah, so uh, Simvana was uh, uh, is a was leveraged from a military application, military trainer that we built, started building about five years ago um, and uh, had a lot of success with that. It was a, a spatial computing uh, uh, application to deliver digital twins of uh, sophisticated weapon systems to soldiers uh, so that they could train uh, initially and sustainment training at deployed sites across the world. And so we had a lot of success with that product. Uh, Simvana uh, is a VR training platform um, that was, uh, the idea for it was birthed uh, at our neighborhood swimming pool. Mm -hmm. um, talking to my neighbor about what he did for a living, uh, Peter Stallo, who's, who is my partner in this uh, venture. Um, and so uh, the idea was, uh, as we as we spoke about, uh, you know, what we each did for a living. The idea, the idea was to, uh, the big idea was to try to uh, improve mortality rate due to anesthesia across the globe. Um, and so, uh, of course, we have to be successful uh, as a company first. And so, we uh, we developed that product over the past two or three years. And um, it's in 14 schools across the United States. And so what we try to do is augment the training at, the, at these universities where you teach uh, student registered nurse anesthetists. And um, uh, Mark, it, it's very similar to the example you gave it forward. You know, we're, what we're trying to do is, you know, give capacity back to educators, decrease the time that it takes to train complicated things, uh, do it in a safe environment, um, you know, teach critical thinking and decision-making skills uh, at a very complex level. And this technology is wonderful to, to provide that kind of platform. And it's, it's validated and proven. I know we're going to get into an Apple discussion, uh, it, it, but, you know, even with the technology that's out now, um, there's several headsets, several different kinds of products, several, several commercial off-the-shelf opportunities to take advantage of. And, and there's, there's quite a bit of success across industry, not only in the training environment, but design, delivery, test, the complete life cycle, you know, of product development. Um, certainly training is a, is a, is a very uh, 
good use case for that, but it's it's really across the board. So, um, Daryl, just one thing I want to jump into is the idea that this technology came out of your work with Torch Technologies, which is, or at least partly, which is a defense contractor. We, I just like to point out every once in a while that, you know, we studied the innovation uh, sectors of the world, and one of them is academic, where people, you know, where PhD students and grad students are in professors are inventing the future. And the other is all the things that the government underwrites to, tr to try to invent. And in, in this case, what I heard you say is that the technology you were doing to build uh, military weapons testing tools for soldiers was then spun out into something to teach doctors to save lives. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. And, and I would say it goes the other way. As we've developed, uh, we call this a, a trainer core, which, which allows us to to develop, you know, other products and solutions and move quickly. We, as we develop the medical part of that trainer core for features and things that we need, that's feeding backwards into the DOD world as well. So it, 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 it's a, I mean, it's really a beautiful story. Yeah. Could you define for us, you know, we, we hear just a bunch of words going on. We hear, you know, spatial computing. And when when someone says spatial computing, I think of Iron Man and Jarvis <laughs> with with everything out in front of it. And that's probably uh, partially what it is. And then we hear AR and VR. And I think for most people, they get pretty confused about what the difference is and, and what we're talking about. Could you like just simplify all that for us just so we understand what spatial... Uh is VR AR sure. or is it all the same? <laughs> it, well, it and if you, you know, if you, if you go Google that term on the internet, you, you'll drive yourself crazy because there's so many different definitions and it. It, you know, what I would say is it depends on your viewpoint from where you're sitting and what you do to, 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 you know, to try to understand that in my mind, it's taking it, it's taking computing as we know it today. Okay. And moving it, in in a 3d environment right so i'm able to you know what i what i do now on a 2d screen and interface you know user experience with a 2d screen you know i'm taking that you know i'll i'll, I'll say i'm turbocharging that into uh, a, a 3d space so i can not only just visually see things but interact with them in a way that is much more immersive like the example you gave with ford i can overlay you know, rich information where I need it and not where I don't need it and have it at my fingertips. Um, to me, that that's and, and I can do that like like our military trainer, uh, as we deploy it now, is is on a PC gaming uh, system and the soldiers use an Xbox controller. Even though that's on a 2D screen, it's in a 3D environment and there's rich information on, you know, that guide them through operating that equipment. And so that's spatial computing, even though it's on a 2D screen, it's in my mind, that's still spatial computing mm -hmm. for an anesthesia trainer. You know, I'm dropping uh, a student or a, or a nurse anesthetist in a in a 3D environment and the information that I can I can provide to them is 10 times richer than on a 2D screen. And so because it's much more immersive, the sounds, everything is there that puts them in that, you know, uh, kind of tickles the senses and brings that immersion to life. And so that's where we're headed, right? Just much more of that. Still all spatial computing. Does that help? Yeah, for sure. 
So um, let's talk about Apple for a moment. Um, just this, and by the way, while we're watching this, I can see uh, Mark's Apple Watch, and I'm just thinking about how, yeah, the watch kind of came along, and you know now a lot of people really love their Apple Watches. It's really changed. You have a computer on your wrist, just like you know, 15 years ago, we put a computer in our pocket, and um, and so when Apple comes along, it just changes the way we live. Um, what's the word on in the um, AR VR world on what Apple's Vision Pro goggles are going to do to your industry? So we're all excited about it. Um, it there's still, you know, all we all we can do now is read about the the capabilities and 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 promises, and and we all know it's the first version, right? I mean, uh, just like the watch, you, you know, there's going to be there's going to be many upgrades. I I uh, then I. I the analogy I like to use is, is is the phone, and so the phone came out in 2007, and uh, there were versions of a smartphone, you know, ten years before that, right? So so Apple does what they do, which is wait, and then you know you know decide when to enter that market and then take over market share, and I expect them to do the same thing with the Vision Pro. So 2007, so so. 2007, the phone comes out, you know, think about it, 10 years later, a decade later, 2017, phone, I mean, they made huge strides in user usability, feature uh, upgrades, and by 2017, 18, you know, the phone was, it was, it's very, very capable. So the software development kit for Oculus came out in 2013. So here we are, decade later, Vision Pro, right? Okay, so you know, loose, loosely, I can project another decade away, and w you are going to be sitting on that that bench, you know, with, looking at the screen, seeing the things that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my crystal ball, at, you know, and, and there's there's. Uh, but it's a decade from now, or rather, uh, everything is it's incremental. But a decade from now, there's an utter transformation. I think so. And I think it's all about improving the user interface. That's what happened with the iPhone. I mean, the, the adoption rate will track closely with uh, the user experience. As the user experience improves, as the headset form factor gets smaller, um, you know, all, all the specs continue to improve. Uh, you know, it's just going to be more and more people adopting, which will, you know, drive, drive those improvements. So when you, you know, thinking of 10 years uh, out from now and we think about the form factor of the watch and the iPhone and the, the personal computing kind of ecosystem that we use today, do you see this being additive to that ecosystem or it, does it replace any of those things in your view? Um. I think oh, that's the that's the great part of this. You you, you just don't know. You got to watch it unfold, right? And and I think there will be uh, uh, there there will be continued success with other vendors, which is great. Competition drives those improvements, and so uh, I really feel like um, I mean I'm, I'm just excited to see to see what happens, right? I mean we as developers. Uh, we're not developing the hardware. We're, we're kind of, you know, on, on the trail end of this thing. And so it's exciting 
you know, for us to see those improvements and, and then, you know, look out at industry at our customers and marry those things together. And that's what we're trying to do at Advanced Viz Lab is just that. We, we already have a large customer base. And so we're trying to roll this technology, take this commercial off the ship. And it's, it's not just this hardware. There's quite a bit of software tools. You got to create the 3D environments, um, the 3D graphics. Uh, the interactions and inter the uh, integration of that. And so, uh, and then there's the enterprise delivery of that, right? And so, uh, you know, watching all those pieces and parts integrate together uh, will we'll drive what we do and, and, and how we can uh, make things more efficient, replace technologies that, that you know, that are not needed anymore uh, for our use. It's, it's all driven, at least in the education world, using, again, Mark's example of the Ford uh, mechanic, it's all driven by vast increases in productivity and efficiency. Is that fair to say? Like that, if that didn't exist, it would be hard for this to get off the ground. The idea that training somebody would have taken a week, now it takes a day, like that's why it's worth pushing through. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, and, and I think... I think industry is seeing that the 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 adoption uh, the adoption speed will will really uh, tend to um, uh, be driven by that. Yeah, Ked Mark. Yeah, I I, I was thinking about a, a few things. There's some level of unpredictability when a company like Apple enters this mass market use case um, uh, with spatial computing in general. So we could like, for example, we could have never predicted walking, you know, Lewis used the Central Park uh, example. Like last time I was there, there's like a group of four girls with their phone out and they were doing a coordinated TikTok dance. Like mm -hmm. we could have never predicted the impact um, and, and the way people use these devices once they hit the the mass market so i'm i'm curious what your thoughts are on what are those possibilities what are the 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 unexpected things and of course you can't predict them that's the nature of unpredictability but um what do you what do you think are, are some unexpected ways that people are going to use spatial outside of training or maybe in training or just in daily use well i i expect uh the social connectivity that's already exploded with, you know, obviously social media and, and, and the easy access with the phones, I expect that to get much, much richer and uh, potentially in ways that we're not going to like. Um, I worry about that. Uh, I worry about the, um, you know, I worry about where we are right now with that. Uh, you mean so, in terms of security and privacy and if we're all walking around with supercomputers on our faces, what that does? I do, and and um, yeah, I, th I think there's a you know there's a bad element that could get worse, and so I'm very worried about about you know the, those abilities and privacy is definitely one of those. Um, but uh, I, again, I. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see those. And I think as a society, we, we will, we will solve those problems, right? I mean, they'll, they'll present themselves and, and we will find ways to, you know, to, to deal with that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Apple is uh, going to, has jumped in and leading the charge because they seem to be, 
uh, you know, they seem to have a conscience when it comes to privacy, probably more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. And I think that um, that they will be a leader in that that regard. What's it like to be uh, an entrepreneur on the bleeding edge of this kind of technology? Because you need um, hardware to catch up. You need user interest to catch up. Obviously, the software is a massive, massive undertaking to create 3D worlds. Um, and so we understand how Apple can fund that. That's one of the most, the biggest, most profitable companies in the world. How are smaller startups and smaller companies funding all that if you're looking at uh, some customers this year, but you know, as you said, it could be a decade before the real traction is found. How, how do you how do you uh, run for a decade before the market's really there? So, uh, you know, it's, we're very fortunate here at, at Torch Technology. So we're uh, we are a high growth company with, uh, you know, at the point now as a mid tier company, we have research and development dollars that we can um, spend. And as a matter of fact, uh, this entire effort, the spatial computing initiative, the advanced viz lab was started with those type of funds. Is that, is that torch R and D money that it decides discretionarily to put into it? Or is it U S federal government money? No, these are, these are our, our, our profit dollars going to work in areas that, you know, we, and it's not just in spatial computing, it's across the board and military, applications, uh, you know, things that we see that where where we can, uh, 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 you know, start an initiative and, and provide that to our customers. And then, it, you know, it could, and, and it turns into, you know, uh, uh, contracts and, you know, areas where we can be profitable and move, move the technology forward. But that's a huge help at, at our level at this company to start and look at these things. And, and so same thing with Symbana. This is all com- company funded uh, you know, to develop the product and get it out, um, um, you know, in the, in the industry, but to, to your larger point is, um, you know, you have to choose wisely. What I would say when we do probably three to five demos a week to various different potential customers, you know, capability briefs and, and, and the hardest part is, um, is finding, uh, you know, customers that are that are willing to to make the leap. It's not a very well understood technology. Um, you got to show them the cost uh, the cost avoidance savings because that is the huge driver. And so you you, you got to find good partners that are willing to make that leap. And you know, the greatest thing about Apple's announcement is I believe that more people will now start paying attention and be willing. We we always get responses that are, I know this is the way things are going and I know we need to do this, but you know, their, their budgets are already eat up with just keep trying to maintain doing what they're doing. So they're not able to, you know, carve out money. And so that's where we come in where sometimes we can provide research and development dollars to, to, to see and help things move, move things along. Yeah. Do you, um, who are the natural uh, enemies or obstacles of this technology? One is budget. One is sort of organizational change. We know about those. Yes. Are there like unions that don't want you to be doing this? Are there uh, litigators that say we're going to, you know, you can't do it this way. It's too much of a change or certification bodies that say we will not accept this form of education. Who's standing in the way of this? 
I think you hit the nail on the head. We, we haven't run into, to, you know, pushback from unions or, or you know, that, that type. Um, it, it's really just an adoption curve thing. It comes down to it. It's just a simple, hey, I, you know, you got to find the, 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 the innovators and the early adopters and, 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 and identify them as such. And, and, you know, what we try to do because we get in front of so many, so many folks is we, you just got to put them in the right category. They, they'll be great for later, but not right now. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you can identify those innovators and, and partner with them, uh, we're doing that with uh, our, our local Huntsville Hospital uh, chain to develop a new medical product. And so that they are certainly innovators that we've identified them as such. And so we're collaborating to build, you know, general nursing type uh, uh, products. And so uh, you, you got to start small, you know, not with a lot of cost and uh, show uh, capability and then you can grow on that. And that's really the, the, this secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Do you think the um, – and I know you have to say a certain answer to this, but we'll see what you say. Do you think the innovators will be rewarded for being innovators? I do. I, do. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there, there's going to uh, – I think that, uh, I, you know, the struggle is um, convincing up the chain, right? You might find innovators within a company, and we have – you know, the program managers, the, the program directors at these schools that have these anesthesia programs. But, you know, as you move up the chain to get approval for those funds, it gets tougher. And so, uh, you know, but but there are alternatives to, you know, you can you can fight for grants. There's other pockets of money um, and resources that you can identify. Um, and so we and so we do that. And I, and I think until we we reach this kind of tipping point. Um, we're going to have to continue to do that. And a- Apple's doing us a favor. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, so when they when Vision Pro announced, uh, just made their announcement, um, our website hits went up by, by like 300% hmm. the following day. So just to give you an indication of, of the impact of Apple just saying, I got a product. You know, mm-hmm. that is the acceptability of people going, yeah, I knew I, I knew I needed to do this, so now let me go, you know, where did I hear? I, I just heard of those guys. Let me go check them out again. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah. we, we talked a lot about training uh, as an application for spatial computing in whether it's military or medical applications. I'm wondering about other applications, which, you know, because I'm thinking about, okay, if I'm the, the local plumbing company and I have 25 plumbers, do and I'm interested in spatial computing. Well, there's two paths to to that. Well, I can develop an application for plumbing, and all of my customers in that particular area uh, could fix their own stuff, <laughs> right? I, I could just give them the the real time feed. I can put a coach on their shoulder, and they can right. turn the wrenches and 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 do those types of things. Or I could use it to solve a labor issue of people who want to become plumbers and, and I can do that. So if, you, if you're thinking about the, the local plumbing company as the best example I can come up with, uh, and what would you say to them to go and, and think about in terms of Apple's announcement of spatial computing 
AR, VR? How do I run a better business? How do I take advantage of new markets as Great we question. the tech? So I, I would think that uh, industry is already doing this to some degree with AR, with Microsoft HoloLens, where you can, uh, you know, you can send techs out in the field um, and they may not be an expert, but they have an expert like on their shoulder, right? And so you can phone a friend. If you have a problem, they can see exactly what you're seeing and they can talk you through it. Uh, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, in a perfect world, fast forward, maybe a decade, you might just have an AI friend uh, plugged in, right? That's helping you along the way. Um, but but that, that tech is, is here and now. Now the headset is not comfortable to wear very long. It's very heavy. Um, and so, you know, we got some challenges to solve and with that regard, but the, you know, to me, that's the great, a great use case for the a local plumber or electrician or, you know, a, a refrigerator repairman. Um, uh, AR is a, you know, is a, is a wonderful use case for that. Uh, you know, for, for that. Now I would say it from a training level, like it trade schools, um, you know, where you teach those, uh, teach them how to do, uh, how to, how to, uh, to plumb or, or, or the electricians, you know, it's also a wonderful way to teach basics, start at very basic level and, and then, you know, move, uh, move up from there. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, it's going to, it's going to transform, you know, if you spend time with entrepreneurs, they all talk about the trade or the technical skills deficit. Uh, they cannot find enough people with technical skills. Um, and I think that they all have their fingers crossed. This is the this is the great you know game changer. One other component to that is, uh, and we found this a lot with with uh, with Simbana is the students are drawn to the technology. They enjoy using it, you know, as opposed to PowerPoint and reading. It's, it's a it's just a it's just a wonderful way to learn, right? And they're excited about using it. And so I, I wouldn't, you know, that, that is a, a strong component for the technology just by itself. And I think is, again, going back to Apple's announcement, you know, once the, the, the mass population is, is using the technology, then they're even going to be more excited to learn and use it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us today, giving us some insight into your world and in what the future holds for us. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, Enjoyed being you. with Appreciate you. It. Thank you, sir. Well, Mark, um, the future is upon us. It is as always. <laughs> as as always. always, it is always upon us, right? I think it's interesting too because uh, as we were having that conversation and we, you brought up the idea of um, labor shortage, right? And then you know people are talking about immigration and all these different things. Well, if you think about spatial computing and, and you combine that with real-time translation and you combine that with AI, all of a sudden you, you have, you, you can quite literally solve the labor issues uh, throughout the world. If you, I mean, I know we're not the only ones saying this, but if you think about AI plus AR slash VR together, I mean, mm -hmm. it's just mind-boggling to think about how much change that will create yeah quality uh of service delivery right of lower errors uh in in the way that things are built and delivered um i think that the quality of life of everyone in those 
locations that have access to these things is just going to go up, which is true all the time anyway, right? Yeah, but of course, you remember last time we spoke to Father John, uh, mm -hmm. and you and he both agreed that uh, no matter what technology advances occur, human connection is still a very fundamentally human person-to-person, body-to-body thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So it's, we, I mean, you and I have to reconcile this, right? Over time during, through this podcast is why is it that we believe that innovation of all kinds, progress always makes for a higher quality of life while at the same time, we agree that fundamental humanity still operates at a completely, you know, primal level in order to live a satisfying life. Can we mm -hmm. agree between us? We will try to, at least for the two of us, if not for our listeners, try to resolve this issue of how these two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. I have an answer now, but I'll wait. Let's hear the it. Episode. Then we can stop doing the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that, let's hear that's it. why I, I'm, I'm going to wait. I have an uh, answer, at least a, a thread of an answer. Okay. Well, uh, let's take it up on our next podcast because yeah. I want to hear that because because I'm struggling it with because I believe – I really believe in progress. I believe I, I call myself a progressive and I don't mean that in the political term. Mm -hmm. I mean, like whatever problems we have, we have a climate problem. And I believe that entrepreneurship, technology, science is the answer. Um, now it's also part of the problem and I'm, you know, we should always acknowledge that, but it's also the answer. So I always believe that progress holds the answer for these big things, but I'm also wondering, you know, just to take the conversation today, just to imagine your family, sitting in the living room and each of you have your own goggles on and you've chosen to be in Hawaii that moment. And your spouse has chosen to be, you know, reading the great books in the libraries of the greatest libraries and your children are doing, you know, kid things and you're together, but you're apart. And so what is this? Is that progress? In some ways, yes. And in some ways, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's gotta be our, 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 our ongoing, uh, Unless you have the answer, we'll talk about it next time. But our ongoing <laughs> quest for truth. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Mark. Have, have a great weekend. You too. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to another episode of What I See, where we explore the stories of the visionaries shaping our world. We hope you found insights and inspiration from our guests. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and continue to be a part of the conversation. See you next time on What I See.